Let me talk to you a little bit about the, our organization and what we're trying to do, where we're trying to go. Many of you support us, and I'm hoping that all of you will begin to support us because we really need your help. Our goals are lofty. When I started the Pre-Rats Resource Institute, I knew and recognized the need for materials. People were asking for that. But before I do that, I need to do something else. Um, Roger uh, Best, um, you know, he, he started having this pain uh, thing, and last night was a very uncomfortable night for him. He's just not doing well at all. And so let's stop and pray for him, would you? Um, that God will give grace in that and uh, give his body healing mercy. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you for your grace uh, to yes. bless Roger. Yes. Uh, as this uh, pinched nerve has really aggravated and uh, seems to not abate, uh, the medicine doesn't seem to do any good, so doctors may have come to the end of their knowledge, which exposes us to a great opportunity to trust you and you alone. So we ask you in the name of your great son, who is the healer, to touch his body in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that you even now would do a work, a powerful work in his body, to not only bring relief from this thing, but to give him an opportunity to give testimony to your power and to your grace. Uh, flow into his life, Father, and give him relief that only you can bring. And for whatever lesson intended through this, I pray that you would make it known and that we could pass this test and move to the next. So I yes. commit that to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 I want you to know how pleased I am and how privileged I am to have an opportunity to do what I do. Um, I had every great opportunity that this world affords. God has been very good to me. God's been better than I deserve in every shape, form, fashion. When I graduated from Dallas Seminary, having been awarded the best preaching award, that immediately opened a lot of doors for me. The, I was able from there to go to Moody Bible Institute to teach homiletics, hermeneutics, how to study the Bible and how to preach it. Moody Bible Institute is the end of the line in Bible colleges. Everybody wants to try to get to Moody. And once you get there, you don't leave. There very seldom is anybody at Moody who leaves, who haven't been there 25, 30, 40, 50 years. I mean, they, you stay forever. When I was there, we had, uh, together with faculty, over 350-some years of service in the Bible theology pastoral department. It was incredible. The guys have been there 40 years, 43 years, 35 years. They had a waiting list of guys who wanted to teach at Moody. Uh, some positions had 20, 30 applications on hold, always waiting if there was an opportunity to get in. Of course, people didn't retire and didn't leave, and so <laughs> there weren't many spots. And I got a chance to go there right out of seminary. And being at Moody, if you were in favor, you could preach and really teach. As Mark told you last night, you could speak all the time. You could do Bible conferences and you could just be busy all the time, both in America and overseas, to which I was. And not only that, but I, Moody had a radio, you could do Moody radio, 
publishing, Moody Publishing, second to none. So if you had any aspirations to, to really be a muckety muck, um, one place you wanted to get was to Moody because you could do it there. They had the mechanism, they had everything you needed if you wanted a public ministry. And being African American and so few of them that are conservative, you know, they were hurting for African Americans. And when I walked in there, they gave me a silver platter. I could have I could literally do just about anything I want. And they would they they bent over backwards, but the one thing they could not do, they couldn't handle not being pre-trib. And uh, they tried every conceivable way they did. Now, to be fair, uh, they, they did everything they could do to try to fix it so that I could stay. They really did. Uh, if, if I had been willing to not talk about it, just you can believe it if you want to, but don't, don't talk about it in public. If you just won't preach it in public, and it, you can be your own person, you're fine. And I remember having this meeting with Dr. Stoll, and he said, you know what, I, you know, you, you can't leave. You're too, you're too critical to us. And if you want to hold this pre-rath view, then fine. But just don't preach it in public. And, and things would have been fine. But I was, I was so committed to it, I thought, this is, this is not truth. Truth is not something that you hold personally. It don't impact what you do, and I thought that was a compromise. I thought that was really attempting to. I just didn't feel that that was the right thing to do, and so I, I said no. I if if I can't stay and be public about it, then I'll, I'll leave. And so I left Moody, and with that, I knew what I was doing. I knew what that would cost me. This it was not fly by night. I knew that it would take years, if if not a lifetime, to rebuild what I had put in place. Because when I left Moody, I left everything that came with who I was as a graduate of Dallas Theological Seminary. All the conferences were canceled. Um, and, and for all intents and purposes, I was persona non grata, particularly in the evangelical circle. I was scheduled to go to Herman. That was canceled. Schoon, I was canceled. That canceled everything. Can't have, can't have, can't come. Sorry, just okay. But anyway, when I started the PRI, I knew that by starting it, I was going to have to build it from scratch because I didn't want to be beholding to anybody. And so I set out to do that. Marv had given a good platform in terms of the doctrine, but my skills from Dallas gave me the ability to really get down underneath and dig around in the deeper pieces, which is what I like to do. And we had had so many requests for home Bible studies and Sunday school literature that's written pre-rad, commentaries. And since I can do that, um, I decided that I would dedicate the rest of my life to doing that. And one of the things that I wanted to do was to help people it averages about once a week. Someone calls me wanting to know if there's a pre rath church in this city. Is there one here? Are there any pre <coughs> is there a study group, pre rath study groups anywhere near me? 
just some fellowship people want. And so I, one of the things I decided to do was plant churches. I wanted to plant five churches, one in Florida, one in New Jersey, because that's where the greatest number of people on my mailing list are in New Jersey, one in Seattle, one in California, and one in the Midwest. Midwest has really exploded. There's two new by uh, pre-rest churches, one in Chicago, one right out of St. Louis. Uh, one of our pastors is here, we get from there. Uh, if you know anybody in the St. Louis area, then go to the pre-rest church, that's a good one there. Uh, pastor sitting right there. Love the word, in the word, teaches yes. the word. Yes. Professional man, had wonderful dentist practice. And uh, now full-time employed in the word, teaching. Amen. He went on to the word of God. And you know someone in the Seattle area, uh, in the uh, outside of St. Louis, looking for a pre-rest church, uh, you let me know. Uh, I want to start doing more to encourage those who are pre-rest in their churches. We want to start uh, giving you recognition, the blog, uh, other things, because we want people to know you're there, and we want you to know that you're faithful. So you need to call and we need to build relationships so we can get you there. Um, pre-rest church here is a uh, Harvest Church. Now we're ready to begin. I'm ready to start moving out, so I'm going to start in, you know, in April. I'll be having some fellowship hors d'oeuvre dinner type thing, one in the Jersey area, one in Seattle. I want to send out a mailing and all people on my mailing list, invite them in and kind of give them a vision and see what uh, kind of core group we can put together and we'll start building because it's time to get that moving. So we definitely need your prayers on that. We need a center here. I need a place of my own where I can have 150, 200 people come in on a regular basis for teaching, training, and equipping. Uh, that means we need to buy our own place. Things are so expensive around here, it's, it's really expensive. It always is. But that is a goal of ours. And as soon as I can raise the funds for it, then we will do that. We also need to, I need to hire staff, I need a researcher, primarily, and a writer. I don't have time to do it all, but these people, the literature is ready to be produced. It needs to be, I will put in place so that we can get the Bible studies going, uh, the Sunday school literature, all of the curriculum aspects of what we have, as well as internet. The internet is a marvelous resource, and we are going to explode it and explore it in every way we can. The pre-rest presentation that you got, if you took that training, that is going to be redone and hopefully uploaded to the internet so that you can use it right from the internet. So that if you're in your church and you want to teach and you have internet in your church, you'll be able to teach using that presentation right off the internet right there in your church. There will be other lessons there. The MP3, uh, the whole uh, teaching online, that needs to be uh, more con made more consistent. And Alan back there is ripping and rearing, ready to go. So that we can get him through and get his college through. You who took his first second Thessalonians day, I'm sure he blew you away. 
as you can see, he can be overly scholarly. You want to understand what he says. <laughs> but he's not aiming at it, you really. He's aiming at it at the scholarly communities. He knows their language and he can talk and he can write at their level, but he can also teach at a layman level as well. And I'm excited about Alan because as soon as he finishes his schooling, then it's my goal to have him in full time. He's tomorrow pre-rad. I also have the desire to make sure that we have regular ongoing training conferences like these when we get together. Some will be regional, but there will always be a national conference, which I hope to build here in Orlando, always in January, always an opportunity to come. There are pastors who are pre-rad, churches are pre-rad, <coughs> and some of them you will get to meet. One particular will be here next year for the conference. Uh, great pastor, great great preacher, whom you're going to enjoy meeting, and other and others. There are professors who are pre-rad. You will get to meet them as well. So over the next years, you'll get to meet a lot of new people, people that you don't even know about, who are pre-rad. You'll also get to meet some people who are not pre-rad, but whom we will give the opportunity to defend their position. I hope to have a debate during our conference on Thursday night. We'll set up a debate where we'll come in and bring some people in from the other views and let them articulate them uh, in the hope that they will not, we, we will not do to them what they do to us. They don't give us a platform, which is fine, but we'll give them one because we're not afraid. And uh, I'm, I know that the word will stand. Man. I don't have to worry about that at all. So those are the things that we are trying to do. And of course, it takes lots of money to do it. You can't do it without it. You just can't. I wish I could. And to you who support our ministry, I want you to know that every dollar you send is committed to doing one thing, and that is to making truth as we understand it and believe it, uh, shared with as many people as we possibly, possibly can. We want to continue training. We want to, I want to continue equipping so that when people get to the point of being free, that there will be many of you out there who can be called upon to teach anywhere in the U.S. conferences, rallies, and speak on this issue. And I don't think those days are long away, but I knew that it was going to take time to build that core value. That's why I've been writing the books. This first book that you've gotten last night is more scholarly because it needed to be. I could have written it at a much more friendly lay level, but I was really trying to hybrid into two communities by it. This book was necessary for the next one, which is the main book of the three, is the next one, which is How to Survive the Persecution of Antichrist. Once you are convinced that you may face it, the very next question is, how am I going to survive? What am I supposed to do? Yeah. Which is why this first book is, is so important to sell as many as I can over the next four months. So I'm going to ask you to buy books. Um, most of you who support me um, buy books. Give them to your friends. Get them to buy them. If 
they have wood burning stoves, it'll help. I'll help them, they'll help me. Because if I can sell enough of them, having self-published them, then I know they'll pick, it'll be picked up by a major publishing company. I could get it done by a major publishing company because I know Rick, uh, Rick Baker is a good friend of mine, and I'm pretty sure that Baker would publish it for me, but I'd have to pay a lot more because I don't have the volume sale. But the higher the volume sale is, the less I have to pay to publish and the more they will commit to advertising the book. So you have to prove yourself in the publishing world, particularly today because there's so many publishing out there. I'm romantically convinced that the second book will sell because of the way that I've tried to write it, whether you pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, or pre-rad, there are going to be people left behind or who are yet to be picked up. Therefore, everybody ought to want to at least read it and have it available just in case. Now, I'm, I'm foolish enough to think that everybody ought to want to have this book in their house just like they have a Bible. Because if your grandchildren are here and they are that generation, they're going to need to know what to do. They, don't, they may not believe believers. They may not know anything. They may not be believers. But this is a book you just, you buy it and you put it on your shelf. And if your generation is called, at least you'll know what to do. If you don't, then put it in your vault and leave it as a gift to your grandkids. The one book that absolutely must be with you is this one. You're going to need to know what to do. That's really the angle I took at it, which I think should, everybody should at least be open to reading. Even if you don't believe you're going to be here. If you preach your every I'm not going to be here. Well, maybe some of your kids may, or some of your grandkids, somebody may be here. So I want you to know that and be able to use that. Uh, back on the back table are some gift boxes for you. That's one for everyone. Uh, be sure to take uh, one. <coughs> I put in, the, in there some goodies for you. There are books, some uh, see a DVD of mine. There's an audio tape of mine in there. Uh, just some stuff that I had left and I figured I'd share with you. Some of you probably have all of it. If you do, just give them out. You give people. Um, that's a copy of Fourth Reich, which are becoming rare which is a novel that Ben Campen wrote. I didn't know whether he had one of those. Let's put one of those in there. The little white preppy book, that's kind of our primer, our primer for people. I put one of those in there. I put the How to Study the Bible DVDs in there. And uh, I had some leftovers of uh, the 8-track. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> VHS cassette tapes I had, so I'll put one of those in there for you as, uh, as well. You'll find a little yellow strip in there, which is advertising a document uh, by Morat there. Now, I don't normally allow advertising at the conference, but I will allow this one exception. I don't allow it because, so, it, that way I don't have to play favorites. Because there are some people who want to, to advertise that I don't want to advertise. Um, and I won't have to have anything that I've read and I haven't approved. And I don't want it even brought or discussed because there are people who, everybody's got ideas, which is fine, 
but if I can't prove it or validate it, then I don't want you. I, there are people who trust me, and they, they trust me that if I tell them something, then they can trust that. And so if I tell you something and it's not true, then it destroys my credibility. And so it's just not worth it to me. But if you have something you want to talk about, then you got to get it to me early enough so that I can evaluate it. And I'll be glad to. I have no uh, predilections about not to be uh, fair about that. So uh, just let me know. Plenty enough time. Our conference next year. Let us know. Give us plenty head time. And uh, our speakers will always have a right to sell their books and materials. That's a right that I have that I believe they should have that I have wherever I go. But if you're not in that capacity, then I won't do that. Uh, hopefully, we'll get to where we have a newsletter that we'll send out on a regular basis. And I'm certainly open to talking about different issues that you may have that's important to you um, in that newsletter. So you just need to let me know and give me plenty of head time. The third book is going to be on imminency. I try to come at it a different way. If you, if you believe that you might be here on Earth during that time, and you also next need to wrestle with the idea, can it really happen at any moment? Or must there be things that I'm looking for that will indicate where I am in this sequence? And so the third book hopefully will arrest any fears and anxieties people have. They're going to wake up one morning and all of a sudden, bam! I can guarantee you that's not going to happen. It's going to be a, you traveling down a road and there are road signs and you can know exactly where you are and where you're supposed to be if, in fact, you enter into that season. The second book will be out probably in June. Um, it, it's going to depend on how many I can sell as soon as I can get enough that I can walk in with a little attitude to the publishers about publishing it. Uh, we'll move on that. And um, the third one will then come out uh, later. That with these done, oh, just some things I need to wrap up on those. Then I can start on new projects. Um, but of course, trying to divide between writing and the churches. Um, and another thing that I'm involved in that that's that's all the time I have. Yeah, I just don't have any more any more time. But you all have been great. You've been wonderful. Many of you have supported us. You've encouraged us in words. You've encouraged us with your finances. Uh, you've encouraged us just uh, in being Bereans who follow in that word. And that's really what it's all about. It's about being faithful to God's word and loving each other, praying for each other, encouraging each other. Now, when I did the, the, the training conference, all of those who took the pre-rath training you're kind of my surrogates. So I wanted you to know each other and have each other's information. You can call each other for question and answer. I don't give out names and addresses in a larger conference like this because some people don't want that, number one. Number two, I would never want someone to start bugging you about supporting something that you didn't ask to be part of. Now, if, that's, if you meet someone at a conference and you want to correspond to them, then you ask them for that information. If they want to give you the name and address, phone number, then fine. If they don't, then they won't. But I don't feel at liberty to do that, um, just to protect people's privacy. Particularly in this day and age, everybody wants to call you say something. And most of you don't want to hear from them. 
and so I don't ever want to do that, so I, I won't do that, but you are on our list. We, we do not send out appeal letters. Um, I, when I first started preaching, I had to learn how to eat at somebody else's house because I was raised, you, you didn't do it. You go over there and play all day, and they could sit there, and you could be starving, and they would be sitting there eating, and you'd be sitting there waiting for them to finish. And they would ask, don't you want to eat? No. Aren't you hungry? Well, no. <laughs> Legs are weak. You don't know whether you're going to have strength to get home, but you did not eat over there. I don't know why my parents were like that. That's just the way it works. And uh, when I started preaching, you know, you go, they have you, they have you over to the house to, to eat. And uh, I really had to, I had to really work on that, because I, I wouldn't eat. And then I found out that I was prejudiced, because nobody could cook like my folk. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't taste like Grandma did. Grandma, she did something to her. And uh, I had to stop having attitudes that, you know, this is nice, but it really ain't like Grandma. And I, I didn't know that hurt people's feelings at the beginning. <laughs> This is kind of nice. What is this? Oh, my grandma don't make it that way. Well, you, you, hurt, you hurt people's feeling when you say that. I'm not your grandma. I, I, I believe it. So it's, it's been hard for me to learn to ask uh, to ask people to support, encourage. Uh, there are guys who can do it a whole lot better than I can. Now, if you had a cause and you wanted me to come work for you, I could sell you all day. I guarantee you, that doesn't give me more pleasure than to get up and convince people that you are the best thing in the world and that they, if, if they got one penny, the last penny in the whole world, they should give to your cause. And I can, be, I can, I can make people do that for you. I just can't do it for myself. I just, I just can't. I just, I don't know why. I just, just, I'd rather pray and trust the Lord will take care of it. Amen. Just the way I am. And the God has been very faithful to that. I'm getting better at learning how to beg for myself. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, then I met Dennis Lyons, and he can beg for me all day. <laughs> God always send you who you need. See? So uh, let me thank you and appreciate you. The, the, this, these forms are critical, um, and some of you have already given me requests, which is great. Um, I'm going to look with Joe when I go back. Uh, Monday, call the publisher and say, I need 300, I need 400 copies. That's going to be quite impressive when I tell them that right off the bat in a pre-release. Uh, that's, that's how you get the attention when they start saying, oh, now this is a pretty good deal. And, and even when you self-publish a book, when they find out it's selling, they'll come to you and want to publish it for you. And they'll get the price down. The, the publish that book costs about seven bucks copy when you set publishing. But when I go with a publisher, I can get it down $2, depending on what we do. And um, so, but you get, you, you, you trade off other things because you give them all the royalties. Yeah. Now they'll, they'll publish, they'll sell it to you for $2, but the $8 that they're making on you, um, you know, they take all of it and, and, and shake their hand and tell you how what a wonderful person you are. <laughs> as he gets a bonus at the end of the year. Yeah. So, you know, it's way like this. 
So I hope you'll, you'll be in prayer for us, you'll be praying for us, you'll be encouraged for us. I hope you'll already set your schedule for next year, that, uh, that you'll be coming back in uh, next year. We're going to have a great time. I think we're going to have a great rest. The Lord gives us grace and allows us uh, an opportunity to come uh, back uh, next, next year. We're looking forward to having uh, more staff, having more opportunity to serve you. Uh, and to produce a good quality product for you. Now, we were able last night <coughs> to videotape Mark. Matter of fact, we did it in HD, high definition. It's going to be really good. And uh, we'll get that edited, and that'll be available for you to purchase. Um, my good man has uh, taped these digitally, and uh, we'll get those mastered and clean them up a little bit and try to get the volume good enough for you to enjoy that and that will be available to you as well. Uh, and uh, the sessions, um, some of the sessions we were able to take, we'll, we'll get those for you. Um, starting in March, I'll start doing the Revelation commentary on the blog as MP3s. So you'll be able to get my teaching on the Revelation, my audio of it, starting. Uh, as the Lord, but that will be available to you as well on the sites, and of course those will be free uh, to you. When the tapes and all that, when it's ready, I'll send you a letter with an opportunity for you to order uh, the material that you want. And of course we always try to keep it at a, at a good uh, fee. Uh, this conference this week, uh, underwritten mostly by us at the ministry, if you uh, want to give a little something extra just to help defray some of the costs, you certainly can do that. Most of you have already been very gracious. I don't want you to think that we're trying to overly uh, masticate you. Uh, if you want to do that, you can certainly uh, give a gift towards that. 